You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Off the back in 27-9 for the third quarter. It's Mafasa Metro, Queen Elida, the outside's level now. Into the straight, the two big guns. It's Queen Elida and kicking on Mafasa Metro. Mafasa Metro regained the lead. He's kicked back to be ahead in front. Queen Elida trying to lift. A lot of muscle getting close. Mafasa Metro, Queen Elida. Mafasa Metro won it. Mafasa Metro by a nose to Queen Elida. Lot of muscle third yeah, that was a key heat in regards to the Trotters final on Saturday night, even though Mafasa Metro uh, defeated Queen Elida. Queen Elida is $2 tab fixed and Mafasa Metro is at $5 for the Square Gators. Just Believe is at $4.60. That's going to be race five. That's worth about two fifty grand. And the Itadom Pacers is at race seven. Chris Barsby is with us. How are you, Chris? Steve, I'm well. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. In the that trotters? heat that you just mm. replayed became even more important following the withdrawal of Bolt for Brilliance after uh, he, he was um, diagnosed with a fractured pedal bone. So that heat there, all important. Barrier draw, which took place on Monday night, sets it up maybe for a leader-behind-leader leader scenario. But interestingly, I, I highlighted this earlier in the week, Chris Alford is a champion driver. No one's driven more winners in Australia than Chris Alford. No one's driven more Group 1 winners than Chris Alford. He's yet to drive an Inter-Dominion trotting grand final winner. Well, here's his chance. Oh, just with Bolt for brilliance, gee, I didn't realise it was so serious. So that makes the horse's performance, um, you know, sort of extraordinary, in, even though beaten last week, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be out of uh, action for minimum six months, Steve. So quite a serious setback for a star trotter. But they're very hopeful that he'll make a uh, a complete recovery and we'll get to see him uh, later next year. But, uh, yeah, really disappointing that uh, the, the favourite for the final uh, was taken out owing to a, a pretty significant injury. Yeah, of course, sat behind the leader uh, last week. So must have been running through the pain barrier, one would have thought. Pete McMullen's with us, Chris. Well, as we know, Pete's our champion driver here in Queensland, but I want to just talk about something a little different before we talk about his driving. Put your hat on as far as Somerset Farms is concerned, Pete. Last Sunday, Group 1 New Zealand Oaks over in New Zealand, no matter what was able to claim that feature, she's a daughter of a rock and roll dance who stands at your farm. That's a big, big result. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty exciting to um, you know, be able to watch that sort of uh, race there and and not only did it win the, uh, the Oaks, $175,000 Oaks, but one in great style, like it uh, was out in the zone and running, cutting some pretty big fractions and never got tired. Yeah, it, it was quite a remarkable performance. She looked to over-raise badly in the early to middle part and then looked like she was going to be swallowed up at the top of the straight but just found another gear and powered through the line. She she looks like she's a filly with very good ability. Yeah, it definitely looks uh, extremely strong and... Um, Obviously, coming from the All-Stars camp, you know, you would expect to continue to do a great job. How is the rock and roll dance doing? What are numbers been like so far? Yeah, he's been reasonably well received. Um, you know, uh, I think we've got a pass mark. Probably a few more would have been good. But, uh, you know, all in all, our first season and um, his first season in Queensland, I think we're, everything's going along pretty good. Is there still time to get in and, and, and get a booking to a rock and roll dance? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, we're still taking bookings and, um, you know, we're starting to get a bit late in the season, but there's still definitely more time left. 
Okay, that's good news. A rock and roll dance here in Queensland at Somerset Farm. Now from the driving point of view, you've got a pretty healthy lead. It's a 20-win lead over Gary Hall Jr. It looks like you're going to go back-to-back as far as the champion Australian driver is concerned. Not at the level as last year, as we know. You set a new Queensland record, 315 wins. All in all, though, it's been a really strong season again from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, probably not as strong as last season, which was probably never going to happen with, uh, you know, different things like the like Somerset Farms and different things. So, um, yeah, but really happy with you know the, the amount of winners and, and how the season's gone. What's been the biggest difference from last year to this year? Like, I, I know it's going to be hectic when you look back at both years, but has there been a real noticeable shift uh, compared to last year to this year? Um, it's probably not a noticeable shift, but, you know, I think as time goes on, uh, I think our stable probably changed in the way that we sort of do things a little bit. You know, and obviously Somerset Farms is going to be a, a big factor and, and probably more babies in the future. So, uh, you know, probably maybe a bit less of the time spent at the racetrack and a bit more time at home. Okay, you'd be happy to know that uh, currently Gary Hall Jr. is on the sidelines. Uh, he's serving, a, I think, a nine-day suspension, so that gives you a little bit of breathing space. Oh, I didn't actually know that, but that's uh, very good. Maybe I'll <laughs> might be able to serve my nine days as well. <laughs> When's that due? Well, just waiting on a um, well, subject to appeal at the moment, so waiting for a result. Take it to QCAT. might take two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just on, on the season, I, I know it's been really busy, um, but what's been the highlight for you? Um, yeah, it's probably tough to really single out a highlight. We've had, you know, multiple sort of, you know, feature race winners. And, um, you know, I, I think on a personal note, the, the trotters were very satisfying. Um, you know, a, a lot of work went into the baby trotters. And for them to come out and do what they did was, you know, very satisfying. Okay. Do you have more trotters coming up for next year? No, not really. They were a bit of a headache last year, so we sort of uh, scaled that back a little bit. And, um, there's only one for next year. Okay, there you go. There you go. And you've moved on. You know I'll be late. Uh, he's He's been sold. And what happens with Susan? Is her name the Breeders' Crown winner? Um, yeah, you know I'll be late. He's um, been sold, which is, you know, it was a little sad to see him go, but unfortunately with the way the rating system works and, the right way is in Queensland. We think it was the best option. And um, Susan is her name. She's still still in Melbourne with Emma and Clayton. Um, they've done a wonderful job with her so far. And she's still got the Vic Bread uh, Super Series. So you know, I think she's going to be going to going to play a very strong hand there. Okay. And just uh, to wrap up the the driving effort so far, to go back to back with an Australian title, what does that mean for you? It means a lot, actually. Um, obviously, since I was. You know, for as long as I can remember, just sort of um, being an Australian leading driver was always one of the goals. And to be able to do it last year was huge, um, you know, and it was you know, just a great thrill. But to be able to actually come back and do it again sort of proves that it wasn't just a fluke and wasn't just a one-off. And, um, you know, a lot of hard work goes into it and a huge team behind me. So, you know, without them it wouldn't be possible. But, um, you know, it's just a, a great honour. Yeah, absolutely. And that uh, mark that you set last year, 315, a Queensland record, that that hangs on for another year, but it looks like it's going to be around for some time. It's not easy to, you know, get above 300 here in Queensland. No, it's... um, uh, I think it's possible. I, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Nathan Dawson could do it. Um, 
you know, he, he just probably needs to not be on the sidelines, um, you know, for a full season, which is, you know, he, he's, he's very talented and um, I'm sure he can he, he can do it. And I think maybe in the, in the coming years he will do. How do you rate the, the local drivers' ranks right now? Is it strong? Uh, is it okay? Is it below average? How do you sort of sum up your, your rivals? No, I think Queensland are a great bunch of drivers. A lot of young drivers coming through. Um, but very professional on everything they do. So, um, you know, I think in the years to come, it's going to continue to, you know, get better and stronger and still stay very fierce, the racing in Queensland, which it is at the moment. Okay. Uh, we've got news of Norwell. Uh, that's going to open and that's going to take over from Albion Park in 2026. What size track does Pete McMullen want to see there? Um, well, I've been listening to the mobile roll the last few days. Everyone keeps saying 1,000, but I'm going to go a mile. Um, you know, I think the, the speed we go to stay in age, I think the horses need bigger turns and bigger tracks to stay sounder and, and healthier. Um, you know, absolutely love Albion. Um, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with the thousand meter track, but you know I think the bigger, the bigger the track, the, the sounder our horses are going to be. Okay, if I put this to you, I'll be keen to get your thoughts. If we go with a thousand, but make it a lot wider than we've currently got at Albion Park, will that make any difference? I don't think so. Um, you know, I think yes, it would as far as we could have more across the front, which I think would help. It'd make it more interesting racing, I think. Um, it, it wouldn't be so sort of one and eight dominated. But um, other than that, other than the start, I don't think it'd make much difference. Chris, okay. was it Shannon Price that made the similar point to Pete when you spoke earlier this year? Was it Shannon that also yep. said about horses' legs and so on on a bigger track? Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. So. Just with a mile track then, Pete, if you're keen to go that way, you, you don't find Menangle a little boring to watch? Um, sometimes, sometimes, but uh, I think sometimes New South Wales racing is different to Queensland racing. I think Queensland drivers would make Menangle very interesting as well. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, I want to focus on the main race on Saturday night, the Lord Mayor's Cup. You had the choice of three drives, Big Wheels, Uncle Shank, Black Sedans. Amazingly, they all drew alongside one another off the second row, gates 10, 11 and 12. You're going with Black Sedans. He's the current track record holder. Was it a hard decision to make? It, it certainly was. Um, you yeah, know, the barrier draws probably made it harder again. Obviously, they were drawing bad, but, uh, you know, I think they're all in different stages of, of their preparation and, um, Black Sedans hasn't raced for you know, about a month there now and his last start's probably a bit disappointing. But, um, you know, I sort of stuck to him a little bit, just to, the fact that um, we've had a lot of success in the past. So, fingers crossed we can do something from the draw. I don't know how, but, um, you know, it's going to be tough to get into the race from there. And uh, He's obviously good enough, but, uh, you know, it's um, just going to be a very tricky, tricky draw to navigate. He trialled last week at Ellerbean Park. What did you take away from the trial? No, I was actually really happy with him. Um, no, I wasn't expecting a hell of a lot. He was, he was just sort of there to, to a few cobwebs out, but you know, just to make sure he's on target for this week. And um, yeah, you know, he he was good, all positive fractions, which was pleasing. And um, yeah, he, he was nice and relaxed, which was good. Hopefully, you know, which probably sets him up good for this week. Um, being 
not the second line. So, you know, fingers crossed it all works to plan. I say this in all seriousness. Is that a lot of bad draws, black sedans, either inside of the second row, outside of the second row, or somewhere off the second row? So he hasn't been helped with uh, good barrier draws during his career. No, um, no, I think you know everyone's well aware that eight's probably the worst barrier draw for him, and he seems to draw there a lot, especially in feature races or or draws gate seven quite a lot, which um, you know doesn't help much either. But um, you know, obviously, he's not blessed. Wicked gate speed, so you know drawing one or two is probably not a huge advantage. But he, he never has a draw where he can actually sort of really do something with it. He's always got fast beginners either inside of him or, or, or around him. So thanks for tricky. Mm. Uh, who's the horse to beat in the Lord Mayor's Cup in your eyes? Um, yeah, I think the draws are made it tricky. Like obviously, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of good horses and. Mac Da Vinci's absolutely flying, but you know, North of the Hustle was good last week. We couldn't run him down, so. You know, I think it, the way the race pans out is going to probably tell a tale. Pete, obviously you've been watching the Edendom heats, uh, paces and uh, trotters as well. Is there a particular horse that you, you think will win on out of the trotters or the, the paces at Honolulu Bay and acting out the two phase for the pacing final? <laughs> um, I think we'd like to just sort of take the short odds of um, Emmer and Clayton Stable. I think one of their runners will be the one that <laughs> oh, you're one will be winning. 125, yeah. Merry Christmas. Yep. Looks better than bank interest right now, Steve. Is this still a top 25 or not? <laughs> I'll let you chase that up. Pete, you've got a number of drives today. Your first drive, race one, you've, you've got the odds-on favourite here, the Waterboy. Does he win for you first up here today? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's a nice little race for him first up. Um, you know, obviously, we don't know a lot about him. And, but, you know, I think he fits into this race very good, so... Um, you know, I, I think to be the horse to beat. Okay. We'll let you go. Appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. No worries, Chris. Thank you. There's Pete McMullen. Is it still dollar twenty-five, Steve? Yes. Yep. There you go. There you go. Our next guest is are about to do, join us, Steve. Do what I often do sometimes on a Saturday afternoon. You're just going to climb under the couch if it gets if it gets, gets beaten <laughs> and then not answer oh. your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might be on holidays next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll wait and see. Um, but... Surely she's got uh, strength in numbers there, and they've landed a couple of nice draws, so uh, they're clearly this, the horse to beat. Speaking of the Inter-Dominion, Steve, I want to take a trip down memory lane this morning because, as we mentioned earlier in the week, the last time a Queensland-trained trotter competed in an Inter-Dominion Grand Final was 12 years ago, back in 2010. The horse in question was Kaz Yanov, a former Kiwi. He was trained by Sean Gillespie. He qualified for the final... And not only did he qualify for the final, but he ran the race of his life, running second behind a champion trotter in Sundon's gift. Sean Gillespie joins us online now. Sean, appreciate the time. With us now, Chris. Are you there, Sean? Yeah, good Sean, morning, Sean, appreciate Chris. the time. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Uh, I just wanted to talk about Kajanov and that, uh, that memory that you would have of that night. Uh, special indeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, very special. Um really emotional time and, and still is now Chris to today you know you sort of look back on it and it's um yeah a big achievement okay so walk us through how that series set up was it a traditional format for the inter-dominion that year no it was just a one round of heat at um Ballarat um yeah Ballarat so um he sat in the breeze the night in Ballarat and run a sixth and just sort of scraped through to the final um his lead-up run before that was in the Cochrane Cup at uh, Shepparton. He went very good that night, and and that sort of 
skyrocketing up the rankings to make it into the to the heat. And um, yeah, then he went to Ballarat and, and run six in the heat. Okay, so he then qualified for the final. Where did you draw in the final? He drew two of the second line, um, which we were a little bit disappointed at the time because Sundon's gift drew one, and you thought, well, you know, what chance have you got now? But I was actually stayed out of Peter Gowdy's place, um, and we're having a drink one night. Listen to Peter, I said, how how good would it be to be sitting on Sundon's gift when they're straightening for home? And and it happened that uh, the horse drawn behind Sundon's gift galloped out the gate and. Um, Dasher Douglas just shot straight across in behind him. We were sitting there, so it worked out pretty good. Okay. So in the straight, uh, Sundon's gift for memory, he won quite convincingly, but did you give yourself any sort of hope there at the top of the lane? Oh, probably, yeah. Um, just because, you know, uh, the confidence we had in the horse. Um, you probably dare to dream that you could run Sundon's gift down, but for a little bit there we thought, you know, we're half a chance anyway. So. Yeah. That would have been a, you know, and I, I know you've touched on it already, but an emotional time. A Queensland trained trotter running second in an Inter Dominion Grand Final in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, it was um, certainly special. And um, I was only talking to Mark Gurry, the owner, uh, this week when I wished him all the best Saturday night. And he said it's still his greatest moment in, in harness racing. And, and he's owned some very nice horses over the years, but he said that's still his greatest moment ever. Yeah, and he's got a chance of winning it this year because he owns Mufasa Metro. He does, yeah, yeah. So um, I wish him luck, and yeah, I hope he can get the job done. Okay, now that wasn't your only runner for an Inter Dominion series, was it? A few years prior that you took Blown Budget down south as well for an Inter Dominion Trotting Championship. Yeah, uh, I think it was two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Um, it was the first heat was in Mooney Valley. Um, and he went enormous that night. He, he ran eighth, but he only got beat 12 metres. And um, Uncle Patrika only beat him by a metre. And then Uncle Patrika come out and won the final in Adelaide. But uh, we had a bit of a horrid trip getting to Adelaide. We uh, had an accident on the way over and hit three kangaroos. And horse went over in the float. And, um, yeah, so he had a bit of a horrid trip getting to Adelaide. But uh, he probably wasn't at his best by the time he got over there, I guess. OK. It would have been scary times. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, wife and kids were with, the, with me at the time in the car and the sort of float went up on its side and the horse went over and just lucky that uh, we didn't roll the float, actually. Yeah. Who was the better trotter looking back, Kajanov or Blown Budget? Oh, definitely Kajanov. Um, Blown Budget, he was a, just a cheap purchase for $4,000, but sort of, you know, certainly gave us a good time. Um, but ability-wise, definitely Kajanov. Okay, well, four thousand dollars. How much did he bank for you in, in total then? Uh, I think he earned close to fifty for us. I think so. Um, he won quite a few races up here in Brisbane. Um, yeah, so I think it was close to fifty in up in for us. I think. Okay, are they the two best trotters that you've prepared? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, my old mare Padre's Pride, which is the mother of Bourbon on the Rock, she's always had a you know soft spot. For her sort of thing, um, she was one of the sort of original ones that I sort of got going with. So, yeah, she's sort of... She had a lot of ability, but um, just probably wasn't up to the, the top-grade ones. OK. How do you see the current sort of uh, uh, way trotters are going here in Queensland? There's been a lot of improvements. Uh, they've put a lot of uh, funding towards the trotters. Are you happy with the way, you know, the gate's going? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just wish that uh, Taylor and I had a few more, that's all. But... Um, they're hard to find at the moment unless you're breeding them, I think. So, um, 
So we'll wait till uh, Bourbon on the Rocks sort of finish racing. We'll probably breed out of her. So, um, but no, I think it's going going ahead really well. So. Okay. Uh, Norwell's been announced as the new site to replace Albion Park. What size track would you like to see down there? Oh, I think definitely a thousand metres. I don't think we sort of need to go any bigger than that. Um, as Chuck Butler said yesterday, you know, don't fix what's not what's not broken. So, um, I think a thousand metres is definitely is all we need to go to. Um, I think if you go any bigger, it sort of starts to throw a lot of horses out of out of the equation that sort of just can't handle that bigger track. I think there's a lot of horses in an angle that just can't handle the big track. So, I think it'd sort of um, you know sort of probably throw a lot of horses away from from going there if it was any bigger. I think. Um, I think mainly probably the only other thing you could change is if the winning post was a little bit further towards the end of the straight. Um, yeah. To give that little bit a little bit extra run, you know, if you could put, shift it an extra. 30 to 50 metres further towards the end, I think that would be sufficient, I think. Yeah, that's a really good point you raise because I've noticed that standing there calling Albion Park, we've we've still got a lot of ground before we actually hit that turn out of the straight. Yeah, that's right. So I just think if you could just move it that fraction more, it, it'd give those horses, you know, a little bit extra sort of run to the line, I think. What's the current length of the straight there at the creek, Chris? Oh, I think it's about 189 or 190. Okay. So, but an extra 30 to 50 metres, like Sean said, and Gold Coast was the same, and it was modelled uh, off Albion Park, so they had a winning post that was a fair way uh, up the straight, so there was a bit of uh, wiggle room there as well, so it's a, it's a valid point that Sean raises. Sprint lane or no sprint lane, Sean? Oh, I think the sprint lane's got to be there. Um, you know, I, I know when you're in front and you get beat by the sprint lane, you're dirty, but I think a lot of people have won a lot of races there as well, and I think it definitely helps as well. So. And I think it's just good for punting, isn't it, for the punter out there as well, Sean? You yeah, know, yeah, many times yeah, no, you, know, you back something that's behind the lead never sees a light of day. It's just better for the, the image of the, the sport, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Just in closing, Sean, uh, Taylor, she's having tremendous success uh, training the team in, in her own right. Are you proud of her? Very proud, Chris, yeah. Um, you know, she's a hard worker, so I'm very proud of her. Yeah, and a good mix as well, paces and trotters, and she gets results with both. Yeah, no, that's it, yeah. So, um, you know, she loves the trotters as well. She was brought up with blown budget and that, so, um, you know, she loves the trotters. And, Sean, just in the location of that new track at Norwell, you're pretty happy with that? What about travel time for you? Uh, I think it's going to be about 55 minutes, but just probably traffic's going to be the hardest thing down through the the Logan Motorway, sort of from lunchtime onwards of a daytime, it gets pretty horrific down there. Um, probably worse than it gets out of Deegan, I think. So, um, you know, I'm sad to see Albion Park go. I think it's, a, you know, um, but, you know, obviously we, we had to move and I guess, you know, that was probably the only place they could find suitable land to do so, I guess. Mm. And Sean's a good person to ask as far as the travel's concerned, Steve, because he operates five-star horse transport, so he's on the road a lot. Yeah, definitely, Chris. Yeah, I'm sort of, you know, so travelling something I'm used to, but yeah, so, um, you know, like the 55 minutes is nothing, but it's just the traffic you've got to sort of put up with to get there. It's probably going to be the hardest part of it, I guess. And what's it like to get out, get to Albion Park to get through the city or whether you go over the Gateway Bridge or whatever at those meetings during the week, an average week? Oh, well, presently it takes me about 50 minutes to get to Albion Park, um, but we go use the, the tunnel um, that goes under Suncorp Stadium, so we don't sort of... The only set of lights we really get um, between home and, and Albion Park is the ones actually at Albion Park. So it, it's sort of, you know, there's not much of a hold-up other than late in the afternoon on the Centenary Highway. That's the only sort of traffic we normally hit going in.
Okay. Hey, Sean, really appreciate uh, the trip down memory lane with Kajanov. Uh, hopefully, uh, Queensland will do really proud again. Uh, well, Queensland will be really proud again on Saturday night with Majestic Harry lining up. But uh, appreciate the time today. No, thanks, Chris. And just want to wish Brittany all the best and hope she can sort of do a good job. Yep, do a Kajanov and get into a place there on Saturday night. That so, would be good. Uh, we'll be cheering on. Yep. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Just with that horse of Brittany's, Chris, I I actually thought last Saturday night watching it, I thought, well, the horse has flown the flown the gate, got the perfect spot. I actually thought, you probably thought the same, that it potentially, um, even though it was massive odds, could run a place there, sitting behind the favourite last week, yeah. Jester Carey. Yeah, at the top of the straight there, you were just hoping that he'd, you know, take that inside run. Yeah, absolutely. So, now, our next guest, he's a regular, but I think we've got to stand and applaud him. Last week... He tipped us Penny Tiger in that four-year-old feature. It was $23 at the time, Steve. Home it went. Straight to the line. Uh-huh. He's already he got young. an ego, though, hasn't he, Chris? Um, no. He's got no. a bigger one now. How are you, Matt? Well done, Matty. <laughs> Good morning, boys. How are you? Good, well Very done. Very well. Not as well as you, though. Uh, yeah, it was Yeah, it was uh, a great moment. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, probably for more reasons, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, probably for a lot more reasons than uh, just having a It was more or less uh, a really good person driving it. Uh, one of my very good friends, Trent Wheeler, and uh, one of my long-time friends, Michael Brennan, training it. It was, yeah, it was fantastic to be on track and to see uh, the emotions and uh, a really well-deserved victory for a horse who I've held in good stead and I thought he's he's pretty talented and just really happy he got the run and got to really show what he's what he's capable of. Okay, a couple of things there. You've had horses trained by Mouse Brennan previously, so you go back a long, long time. Tell us more about Trent Wheeler, though. Where, where does he sort of fit in over there in Perth? So Trent Wheeler, he's nicknamed the Collie King. Uh, he's driven over 400 winners. Um, he runs his own business. Uh, in Collie with his family and uh, he's been driving since his debut in 2000. Uh, it took him two years to win his first race and in the, he's driven one group, one winner before for his father, Brian. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's had his best season he's ever had this year and to culminate with a group one and get the opportunity for Mouse to be able to drive Penny Tiger uh, is outstanding and if you speak to anyone over here in the West and ask about Trent Wheeler, uh, he is one of the most loved and respected people. He's one of the hardest working people you'd ever meet in uh, WA Harness Racing. He just, he never stops and yeah, there was so much joy on Friday for him to be able to get that success and be able to match it with the big boys and uh, be able to get that win and yeah, he's just universally loved as Trent. What were you thinking okay. there on the bend when the horse was just starting to extricate off off the inside behind the leader there? Well, uh, he looked like he was breathing fire and he was ready to explode. So I was just hopeful that once he saw daylight, uh, because some horses, Steve, uh, can love sitting on a helmet and then once they see daylight, just be like, oh, that'll do. Um, but I didn't, I've never got that feeling with this horse. I always thought he was going to explode, but... He had to uh, extricate off the inside and it got a little bit awkward on the turn and he just got unbalanced. But once he balanced up and Trent kicked out the plugs, like he's raced away and he won with his ears pricked. So um, he absolutely decimated them in the end. And I think a lot of horses with that same run would have gone close to winning. 
but uh, the way he did it was emphatic. Yeah, it looked visually impressive as well, the acceleration by Mac 3. 32 starts, 12 wins and 10 placings or 10 seconds. It's a terrific record, isn't it, Vinny Tiger? It is. Yeah, he's, he's run second to uh, Laverage Joe in 154 and change for 2,500. He's broken 154 for 2,100 at uh, Gloucester Park. He can lead. He's got brilliant gate speed. He's a really good sit sprint horse. Um, he's just got he's got a lot of strings to his bow, and he's uh, a very versatile and he's an absolute beast of a horse. So he just looks amazing on the track. So yeah, I think this this was no fluke in my opinion, and that's that was my opinion going into last week. Was I think this horse is as good as any four year old in the state, and that's a good thing about these competitive races is you can get a good price about a good four year old if you've got a fair opinion of one then. Uh, go hunt the value and just hope you're right. So it's a matter of opinions and uh, I threw a dart at the board and I got one right. Yeah, I reckon if we had a pool room one day, if you have a pool room, that horse's picture will be up there one day. Penny Tiger, <laughs> for sure. Well, can he win the nugget? Yes, he can win the nugget, absolutely. Um, he's, as I just uh, expressed, like his attributes that he has, he's, he's good over any distance. Um, he ran... He really stretched the neck of Bolton Tin earlier this year in the Narragin Cup, and uh, that was when Bolton Tin was absolutely flying. So, look, I, I think he's he's as good a horse going into the Golden Nugget, and he's just got all the attributes there to be able to win the Nugget. And yeah, it was yeah, I, I genuinely believe he can win it. Okay, the association between Mouse or Trainer and Driver. How how did that come about, and how long has it been going? Uh, so it's come about, Trent's done some driving for Mouse in the outer country tracks and a Penny Tiger earlier on this year went to Narragin in one of the secondary meetings on the Friday and Trent took the drive and Mickey G, Michael Grantham, as everyone knows, was driving Mouse's horses, all of his horses. Michael stepped away from the scene to uh, focus more on uh, the thoroughbreds and the upcoming carnival and he said to Mouse to leave uh, Trent on the horse, put Trent on the horse mm-hmm. and give him the opportunity and so Mouse has stuck fat with that and uh, he's kept him on and he's been he's been rewarded so uh, Trent he drives mostly some of Mouse's second stringers if Chris Voke or Gary Hall Jr. can't drive the horse and Trent will pick up a few drives. But after last Friday, we've seen him pick up a few more drives to Mouse and even a few more drives in the city. So he's, um, yeah, he's becoming quite well known and uh, very well respected in the metropolitan grade now. Yeah, good story. Good story. So congratulations to all concerned there. Feature race tomorrow night is race five, the Village Kids Sprint. This is a Group 2 feature, 1,730 metres, 50,000 up for grabs. Uh, Magnificent Storm back in action, probably sooner than expected. So can he take this feature? Look, I think he'll probably need the run. Uh, He's one that I've always found tough to try and measure up Magnificent Storm. If he's at his absolute best... I think he can win this race, but it is a very slick field and over the mile. And he's, him being first up for a month, it's uh, it could be a little bit tricky. His trial the other day was just soft. He just did what he had to do. And he's never overly impressive in trials, so I'm not too worried about that. But, yeah, look, it's, it's there's going to be some speed underneath with Patrona Star and Hampton Banner. I thought Patrona Star could hold Hampton Banner. It's going to be a good battle early. 
then you've got horses like Gambit will be trying to get forward as well. Lever Joe, what does he do from gate six? Diego's racing all Prince of Pleasures, an outstanding talent and can run a super mile, but it's a tough draw for him. Um, where does Magnificent Storm sort of fit into all of that? I think they, they don't mind driving him with a sit, but uh, do they have to try and put him on speed and give him a decent hit out? I think there's just a, there's a lot of convictions there to say that I wouldn't be taking the $2.30 about him on offer. Um, I thought he would drift and start a bit more on the night, and if he, if he run top three, it would be in a really strong performance moving towards what is going to be a pretty extensive carnival for him. Okay, track record fifty one six. Bully owns the track record. Is that safe? Um, yeah, yeah. It all depends on what happens early. I think it's it's got all the makings of setting it up for a track record speed early. It's just whether um, whether they can sustain it. Um, I think collectively the field has the depth to be able to run the track record. But I don't think anyone will be going out there wanting to run the track record. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I think Patrona Star, he's gone 153 too for a mile at Bunbury before, and he's got some gate speed. So I reckon fourth up from a spell, he's probably the one that's. I could see him running 152 and a bit on the rail, trying to fend off dangers late. So it's going to be a fascinating race. I don't think they'll get the track record tomorrow, no. Okay, currently with Tab, 2.30, Magnificent Storm. Is that short enough? Yeah, I think he's too short. I think I think he'll drift and be upwards of $3 on the night, potentially, um, or around that mark. So I think if you, if you like Magnificent Storm, I'd say be patient. I can't see him coming in any shorter. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a tricky draw and tactically it could be a tricky one for him and he could start greater than $3. So um, if you do like him, I'd say be patient. Okay. All important time now, your best bet. Can you back up Penny Tiger from last week? What are we looking at? Well, this one might be $21, I know that. Um, <laughs> race three, number three, Azana will be winning. Uh, Ray Williams, Eldo Cotapasi, so... I've uh, knocked one, and I'm going to be with another one. So I'll be with Azana a week out from the Golden Nugget. Beautiful draw, one and two. I'd say both of them would be quite happy to hand up to him. He'll push pretty hard for the top, and I think Azana will go on and win the third race pretty comfortably. If you get flip of the coin odds about him, I think it's a gift. Lovely. We'll take the tip. Race three, number three. I'm tipping it's going to be a really good Christmas for Mrs Young this year after last week. <laughs> <laughs> she always has a good Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> she's yeah, she's um, incredibly spoilt. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, we've got five acres of land, and we're getting a shed built, and different things are happening. So uh, the the money that I made from last week has just gone straight into concrete. I think. All right. So you're different to me in my younger day, where if I used to put it in a drawer and not do anything with it, just stare at it and just sort of dip into it. It burns a hole in my pocket, Steve, <laughs> if, it's, if it's there too long. So uh, with the five acres I've got here, any time I make any sort of profit on the punt, I like to uh, put it into something that I can look at and know that i spent the money wisely. So uh, that's just how I do things. Sounds sensible. Okay. No, uh, no, and just quickly, <laughs> just quickly, just on Penny Tiger, with the slot race coming up next year, he's going to garner a lot of interest, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely, especially if he keeps coming through uh, as well as I think he can. He's um, 
he's definitely up for grabs. It's it's a really interesting format, and with uh, Justin Prentice having his own slot, Gary Hall Senior, Team Bond, Michael Young, and Summit Bloodstock, um, all of that, also Jevons and uh, Mike Reed's crew. Uh, I just I can see I can see a couple of these horses, such as Leverage Joe, be snapped up very quickly. And then if a penny tiger comes through, then, uh, of course, four-year-old on the rise, they're always the ones that are the new kids on the block and they're the ones that can create the most interest heading towards a race like that. So I think if he keeps in the upward trajectory of what we're seeing, uh, I can see him gaining a slot pretty comfortably. All right, excellent. Well, a lot to look forward to tomorrow night. Village Kids Sprint, race three, number three, Azana. That is Matt Young's best bet. Take note, he tipped his penny tiger last week. Hopefully there's some uh, more cheer to come tomorrow night. But always appreciate the time, Matty, and we'll catch up next week. Cheers, guys.